You're listening to Office Politics, brought to you by BYOB Revolt. Welcome back to Office Politics. I am your host, Jasmine Reed Clark, and this is the place where we get down and dirty about all the dirty secrets working in an office or just working in general, especially in 2020. It sucks. Can I get a here, here? Here, here. Well, I have been in a thousand industries from human resources to recruiting to um advertising, but one thing has always remained certain. I am a creative at heart. So I wanted to make sure this season that I had on a fellow creative and uh, basically just hijack whatever she does to make sure that she's staying creative um, and inspired. And so today I have on somebody who I instantly gravitated towards. I found her on YouTube. Jordan and I were going to Vancouver for basically a belated honeymoon. And I knew absolutely nothing. Actually, fun fact, I wanted to go to Toronto because Drake. And uh, he said Vancouver. I really didn't have a good, like, reason other than Drake and Justin Bieber. So Vancouver won. I needed to figure out what is this whole city about and uh, what does anyone do? I went on YouTube, Googled Vancouver, and this amazing, hilarious, witty, and beautiful videographer named Harmony popped up in my feed. I watched her and immediately I could just tell we were friends in a different life. So I have her on today to talk about the creative process, realizing not everyone is meant for people management, and how her freelancing side hustles have made her $20,000 richer in just one year. And all of the ups and downs that come with being in the public eye and just being a creative in general. Hope you guys enjoy. Harmony, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you and learn more about your background, your creative process, and obviously Vancouver. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. We've connected like a little bit on our previous calls, and I'm like stoked to actually like dive in and chat. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Now, I obviously was introduced to you through YouTube, and uh, Jordan and I, we were about to take a Vancouver vacation, and just the fact that you were like, okay, I'm going to tell you the neighborhoods. I'm going to tell you what's good. I immediately was like, this is my kind of girl. I like subscribed immediately. Hell you understood. Yeah. yeah. Like just where you're like, this is where the yuppies live. This is where like the hipsters live. I was like, oh, she understands what I'm trying to get <laughs> out of this video. So I wanted to know, like, how did you get on YouTube? Because for those who don't know, she, you are a digital creator, but you also have a full-time job. So how did your YouTube journey start? YouTube has like always been a hobby for me. Um, I used to have like a normal traditional kind of like marketing sales job. And at some point I was just like, we'll probably get into this later, but I kind of wanted to make this pivot into being a professional creative. But like, in addition to that, I just, I don't know, I've always liked making videos. So I was like, why not just like kind of create some things and put them on the internet. And uh, I just started doing that as a hobby and I have continued doing it ever since. And I've never been committed to something for so long as like that. 
Same. I think that's like the creative, (laughs) like, (laughs) curse is consistency can sometimes be our, like, I don't know the Superman. Yeah, I'm like, is it kryptonite or is kryptonite good? I don't really know, like, superhero idioms, but... That is exactly it. But what I love about yours is you've definitely found your niche. And so did you like mean to set out and become the Vancouver guru? Or is that just like, that's just how it all worked out? Honestly, for anybody thinking about getting onto YouTube, um, you do kind of fall into a niche. And in my case, I made one video and it just kind of popped off. And I was like, oh, well, the algorithm suggests that I should continue making videos in this realm. And that's kind of how I got boxed in. But now I'm kind of pushing that and starting to make content about other things because I like as a creative, like you want to make videos about whatever interests you. And obviously I'm not just interested by one topic, but you do definitely see faster success and more success if you make videos about the same topic. Like it's counterintuitive, but that's just how it is. One thing I wanted to ask you, because something that I admire about you as a creative, especially on YouTube, is you get sponsorships, you get opportunities, but you're very authentic. And you will say if a product underperforms, if it's not the best, you're also happy to point out it's pros, but it's cons. And I would just love to know just what is your thought process with remaining true to yourself when you are collaborating? And Mm -hmm. how do you deal with sponsors like is there how does that work how do you say like hey I'm just not really feeling this product it's iffy um I am I am a very relationship focused person in business and things like that but I feel like oftentimes with a lot of these sponsors it's very transactional and and you know you're they treat you like a commodity because of course there's a million people on the internet. There's a million influencers. And that's why I don't really dive too much into the influencer world. I don't consider myself a part of it personally. Um, but I do benefit from some of the perks of that because I do the odd product review and I do have relationships with particular brands. Now with that said, (laughs) um, the truth is like, I just don't care enough about these companies that are treating me in a transactional way to, to lie and be like, yeah, their product's awesome when it's, it's not. And because of that, I, I honestly have recently decided to start saying no more because as much as I want to, you know, mm-hmm. keep my, myself open to opportunities and always say yes. After doing that for a while, you kind of get to a point where you want to refine and you want to edit, you know, what you're putting your energy into. And so, yeah, if the brand doesn't align with like my values, if the product doesn't align, it probably won't make the cut. And I probably won't you know, follow through. Boom. That, and I think that can kind of just go for life in general. Like, Mm -hmm. cause you said you're so relationship focused and totally one thing that I'm learning as I get older, and this is totally like unrelated to career, I guess in some ways, but is, do you align with my core values? And when I look back at like friendships that I've outgrown, it's just you know, just you, you edit your prior, your priorities, you edit what's important to you. And then like, that's how you kind of make the cut. Totally. And, and I, I feel like, you know, how we were talking about, you know, starting on YouTube or starting a new creative endeavor. I think in the beginning, like experimentation is really important and that's in business too. It's like, say yes to everything, try a lot of things. Cause in time, you're going to have so much more to base, you know, your choices on moving forward. You're going to learn from all those experiences and be like, Hey, this, this thing really works for me. And like this other thing doesn't. And then you can, you can kind of pare down. Ooh, 
Ooh, harmony. I love that because I actually have never thought about it in the way that you just put that, but I'm in the same <laughs> boat. I'm like saying yes to a lot of things. Now I'm starting to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll share a story. I ended up realizing I love teaching. Um, they're, they're not like courses where you like click play, even though I would love to get into that, just like I know you would too. But I did uh, like more speaking engagements and I'm like, oh, I mm. actually really like this. And I, I didn't think that... I never set out to do that. Right. Um, And then it's also interesting to learn what you don't like. Is there anything you've learned about yourself that you gravitate more towards versus what you're like, oh, girl, I will never do that again? Oh, that's a great question. There's a lot of things I don't like to do. And I thought, okay, so for my job, for example, I work at a tech company for the folks at home and I'm a digital content producer. So like I make videos and tutorials and all that kind of thing. That's my like real job, quote unquote. Um, But honestly, they were kind of at one point grooming me to take more of a management position uh, and manage brand and buzz. And there was a probably about a six month phase where I was trying to like level up and do everything I could to be a better manager. But I am not the managerial type. Like to me, juggling and task hopping from thing to thing to thing is mentally exhausting. Like I like to go in and go deep. Like I want to get into a project and project management, that's one thing. But when you're constantly hopping from task to task to task, to me, that's a nightmare. I want to really dig in and create and see that project through to the end and do it right. That's just me. I want to hold on to this so bad because there are so many people, myself included, where what you said, you're like trying to level up. Or I remember at one point asking a manager, well, how can I hit that next like pay range? They're like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you got to start managing people. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Okay, well, that's the only way to see greater success. So it's you have that coming to Jesus moment where you're like, I don't like this. So let me pivot and figure out what's best for me. Mm -hmm. What was that coming to Jesus moment like for you? I was just exhausted all the time. I hated what I was doing and I was doing it in the hopes of a pay raise. And no matter what I did, the pay kind of just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And it got to this point where my director, like she sat down, she's like, is this even like what you want? And I was like, honestly, no. And then at that point, there was a complete pivot and I stopped. I I was actually kind of, she was like, all right, you don't have to be this person if you don't want to be. So I'm so grateful to say that I stepped back from that. And I was like, I just want to keep doing what I'm good at. I'd rather do one thing well than try to do all these things and spread myself thin because I'm not naturally like a type A organized person. It's just not me. But now with that said, they wouldn't give me a raise. And to me, I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't want to be dependent on you. So I doubled down with my freelance. Now in the time that I, you know, decided to make that change, I've increased my salary by like over $20,000, which is more than of a raise than I would have ever gotten at work. So it just goes to show, don't put all your eggs in one basket, invest your time in like what you will see returns on. And honestly, in most companies, you can give them 120% and you're not going to see the return on your investment. The people at the top are going to see the return. Even if you work at an awesome like tech startup like I do, you know what I mean? And so you got to invest in yourself, diversify your income, like invest in what will come back to you on a personal level and don't give your best efforts away for free. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
I'm speechless because <laughs> fucking Harmony, do you even understand how much I had to learn everything you just said the hard way and that I'm still learning it today and that I just like standing ovation Especially the part about, yes, like when you double down and you don't put all of your eggs in one basket, that is, oh, man. I think it's more so just I'm a little bit feisty. I'm like, if you're not going to give me what I want, I'm going to find another way to get it. And I'm going to, you know, and sometimes that means putting less effort in in the day-to-day at work because, like, you're not seeing it come back to you. And that's, I think, okay. I'm still, I still go to my job. I still do what's on my contract, you know, but I'm not trying to go above and beyond anymore, hoping that, you know, I'll be rewarded if it's been all this time and I'm not being rewarded. It's just like, you got to take matters into your own hands and say, I'm going to get it done. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Oh, and I've been there. And speaking of that, what kind of freelance stuff are you working on right now that you can talk about? Yeah. Um, so (laughs) It is pretty diversified. Okay. So like one of my income streams is obviously like a uh, YouTube ad rev and it's not a ton, but it's become this thing. That's just a very passive income stream. Like every month I know that I'm going to get X month, X amount from ad rev. And usually that's like about $300, which is just like not a ton, but it just comes in. I don't have to do anything for it. Love that. Um, but also YouTube brings me a lot of clients. So whether that's video collaborations that are paid whether that's, um, I actually have a lot of uh, design clients that come in and my niche that I've actually fallen into in terms of design through YouTube is designing uh, product packaging. So like labels for skincare and like natural products like that. Like I've gotten so many clients through YouTube. Yeah, no, that's incredible. In fact, now Jordan, he's like more in the creative field. So mm-hmm. he was like geeking out with some of the stuff you were using. And he loved like some of like the beer products you promoted. And um, <laughs> so he's more into like that world. But I still watch it just so I can think more strategically about like colors and pantones and like learning yeah. how to work all of it. So that's actually really awesome. And I wanted to see, um, ask you, being a we're both creatives. I know it's like the word of, you know, take a shot every time I've said creative this episode, <laughs> but <laughs> I want to know, like, how do you stay inspired? Um, Cause everyone's going to go through creative blocks mm-hmm. for you since you like live in gorgeous Vancouver. Is it going mm-hmm. for a walk or is it getting a massage when you are just in a rut? How do you unlock that, that part of you again? Totally. I think this is two prong. I think that like for me, because like I am more of an ADD type person, um, not medicated or anything anymore. I went through a brief time when I was in design school where I was taking Vivance and boy, does that ruin your personality? Like we're going to pause. We're going to get back to your creative process. (laughs) Yes. And you know, I'm so open about mental health on social Mm -hmm. media. I was, I really can't remember which ADD medicine. It wasn't Adderall. I want to say it was Ritalin, but regardless it, like I'm on an antidepressant. I think it's great Mm -hmm. for my personality, but when I was taking stuff for my ADD, I didn't feel like myself. I felt like my creativity was zapped immediately. So I just have to have a thousand like organization processes so that I like I don't know don't die in like the street because my ADD can be like so wicked but so it's you it sounds like you experienced the same thing Uh, oh I did because like I wasn't diagnosed until I was in we're going on a tangent we'll get back to where we were but um (laughs) when I was in university like I had to take a lot of financial courses I had to take a lot of uh, math based because I was in a marketing business program and so 
I hated it passionately because it just, the logic that it takes to do math just doesn't quite make sense to me. Like it doesn't come naturally as I'm sure many people, especially in the creative industry may be able to relate to. (laughs) Um, But so I was actually buying it under the table and I was like, because it was like a study hack. It's like everybody in university takes like unprescribed medicine, which they should not. Um, Yes. You know, we did. We're young and stupid. And then after a while of taking it, um, I was like, you know, I should just try and like go get a prescription. So I'm not like dependent on sketchy people, like whatever. And then as I was going through the testing as a full, fully developed adult, I was like, oh my God, I actually think I have ADD. Like I wasn't even like trying to like botch these answers anymore. I was like, just authentically like, oh shit, this makes a lot of sense in hindsight. Mm -hmm. I was never hyperactive. I wasn't, it didn't manifest that way. I wasn't a hyperactive kid. I always got good grades, but at the same time, I just don't think my thought process isn't, isn't linear. It's very tangential. And that's just how I've always operated. And, And yeah, I guess that is defined as ADD, I suppose. But now going back to the daily routine, what I've noticed is, like you said, if you want to be productive in things, you have to figure out what works for you. And if you're at home and you're trying to figure out, you know, how to be productive daily, you can do a lot of these things without medication. It's just a matter of finding, you know, routines. And for me, that's walking. Like I need to walk because if my brain gets bored, there's not enough serotonin flowing around. I can't stay focused. So I go for like an hour walk in the morning. I go for an hour walk at lunch and then sometimes multi-hour walk in the evening. I walk a lot. I like to listen to podcasts and just fucking walk. That's the idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, we would get along perfectly. Like you, me, Jordan, because Jordan walks more than I do. Um, So no, uh, I I understand that lifestyle very well. Yes. So I, I think that was kind of a boring meandering explanation, but like very kind of on on topic since we're talking about ADD. <laughs> you can cut that in post if you want. Cut it down to something more reasonable. But <laughs> oh, no, I I love that answer. And I'm sure like most people feel like they do have ADD. And oh, by the way, it's like so interesting once you find out, oh, that's why I ever like what you said, it's all like spaghetti yeah. in my mind. And yeah. and the, the other thing that I, you may be relate to is that's why I hate managerial tasks because for me, like, it's just, it's not stimulating in a way that keeps me engaged. Whereas like if I'm video editing or doing something creative, like design work, I will be sitting there so locked in for, I can sit for six to eight hours and do the same thing and just be into it. Yes. It just, it hits different. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And that's why I even got into freelancing because I'm like, I, I, I have a thousand projects going on, but it's like, okay, I can do this one project for like what you said, six to eight hours, lock in, get it done. But Mm -hmm. then also if I'm like, I'm just not feeling it today. And now that some of that is my own time management is making sure that I give myself room to like, right. (laughs) Have a breakdown or a crisis (laughs) or something. Sometimes a breakdown happens, you know? Yes. That's where some of my best ideas come from. So no, I love it. And then the next thing I want to ask you, Oh, go ahead. I had another point to that. I'm sorry. And then we'll move on. No. So aside from like finding your own management things, um, the other thing is discipline. Honestly, like before I used to need to be inspired to do work, but you get to a point of, if you can find a rhythm to just find discipline and just learn to do creativity doesn't come from inspiration. Inspiration comes from doing it's like not intuitive at all. (laughs) 
I'm writing that down, by the way. So. Oh, thank you. But yeah, that's actually, that's another thing that Struthless has mentioned in his videos. Um, and I relate to that because I, I heard him say it and I was like, oh, I've believed this for a while. Discipline is important. Just do it. And then by the time you get into it, you'll find your rhythm and then you, you find the creativity. Speaking of discipline, do you have any hacks that you found and more so in the way of, so when I'm writing, because sometimes writing comes, you know, free flow, but other times it doesn't. And a hack that I learned recently was what kind of questions do you think the reader has before going into this? Yeah. Like before going into this article. So that has helped me a lot. Are there any kind of like hacks that you have that you, you do? That's a great, um, that's a great life hack. I would say my life hack is for me, what works is do the things that are hard when you have the most energy. For me, that's the morning. After like fucking 2, 3 p.m., like there's nothing that I don't like doing that's going to get done. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't even yes. have to shower before bed because I'm like, oh, that's too much work. You know? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> can we please get a – I am so like team shower in the morning as you can see through my wet hair. I don't yeah. understand people who do it at night. Um, No. I Well, people are like, oh, because it's – it's so refreshing getting into a bed clean. And I'm like, I guess, but I I'm just, I, if I never had to shower, I wouldn't, I hate showering. It's so annoying. <laughs> oh, we're about to get real dirty here. I've like, I'll read things where it's like, technically you shouldn't be showering. I think more than like two or three times a week, tech, like something about natural hey, oils. And I'm, I'm like, on board with that. <laughs> yes. Ex- thank you. So you heard it. You heard it here first. I... I hate showers. Um, <laughs> or slobs. It's fine. <laughs> it's gr- and look at us thriving in 2020. Thriving. <laughs> oh, now speaking of thriving, something that I love that you've talked about is like finding your network. And I know I'm making a huge assumption about you based off your videos, but I just feel like you you have a good BS meter. You don't have time for bullshit friends, unsupportive friends. Tell me how you got to that point in life. Dude, I feel so blessed that I have like the best friends in the world. Um, I don't know. I've okay. I've never really fucked with inauthenticity. Like ever since I was young, um, it's just like not the type of people who are drawn. I was drawn to me. My friends have always been super honest, super supportive. Like my bar of what a friend is, is way up here. And anything that falls short of that, like, you know, like in university, you have like your party friends and it's like, To me, I like just could, I had such a hard time fucking with that. And um, now in my adult life, like since coming out here, it's interesting because like our friend network in Vancouver on the West Coast, when all of our friends we grew up with are on the East Coast, everyone who we've met in our adult life is so curated. Everybody is very ambitious. Everybody has side hustles. Like everybody is really kind. And like, if you're in need, I can call, you know, one of a handful of people and no matter what the fuck is happening, they'll be there. And I'm really grateful because some of those friends are actually from Ontario who also moved out here. Like I moved out here with my ex-boyfriend and we ended up breaking up, but we're still best of friends. And we have like a family, like him, his boyfriend, he came out, spoiler, um, oh! my boyfriend, <laughs> I have a couple of gay exes. It's great. <laughs> I have a type. <laughs> we have more in common than I thought. Okay. Really? So, okay. Well, that's, yes. that's a topic well, for later. Went, it, yeah. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother yes. episode. Yes. 
As a career coach and writer, I get a lot of the same questions from my clients and my friends, which is, how did you go out on your own, become a full-time freelancer, and how can I do it too? And while I will be the first person to preach that no two journeys are the same, I do think there are some tried and true steps in order to ensure success as you go out and become your own boss. And everything I learned, I learned from the best. It's Jennifer Fitta. But I'm not alone. There's over 100,000 other people who trust her, as well as 30 institutions. I'm talking professors, y'all. Like, people with doctorates. So you know that I'm in good company and in good hands. If you want to learn some tactics and strategies or you just want to understand how the hell business works, but you don't feel like getting an MBA, which by the way, you don't need one of those to be successful despite what some people in industries will tell you, then great. Head on over to byobrevolt.com. There, it's an educational platform. There's an online community. You can even pick up her book with the same name, Be Your Own Boss. There's a shop. That's where I get my no five-year plan shirt that a lot of you guys love on Instagram. Either way, there's something for everyone. So take a little peek. And if you see something you like, I have a special offer code for y'all. 25% off site-wide. Just use the code OfficePolitics, one word. Again, whether it's a t-shirt, a book, something else, just make sure to save yourself 25%. You use the code Office Politics. And hey, do me a favor. When you buy your book or your shirt or you join the online community, please, please, please give me a shout out on social media. I would love to start a conversation with you, see what you're learning, see what's working for you, and keep that dialogue going. All right, guys, back to the show. Usually, I think midday is when I'll do like a no tech walk just so I can like be with myself and be with my thoughts. Love that. How, yeah. How do you like honor the relationship with your intuition? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, I just am so impatient with a lot of things that if I'm being like told to like do or if I feel like I should do something, I'm just like, I need to do it. Um, but I have become a lot more logical. Like as I've gotten older, I definitely have toned down and I think more rationally. My partner, Alex, is like, he's patient and he is, a de- he's like, he thinks things through and like things like that. And I'm like, let's do it now. Woo. Yes. <laughs> like, this, you, my marriage dynamic in a nutshell, like, right. It, one of our friends is like, you two have to be with each other because she's like, you would think, let's move to Paris. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And Jordan will be yeah. like, let's think through like customs. Let's think Yeah. Through. I wouldn't even think of customs. I'm like, I don't know. We'll sort it out when we get there, guys. Exactly. <laughs> I feel that. Well, then what I want to move into next is the industry rapid fire. So you can pick whichever industry you want, whether you want to think about, you know, tech and graphic design, or if you want to think of YouTube, but um, what is the biggest misconception about your industry? I thought about this. This was one question I was having a hard time finding an answer for because, because I do walk the line between multiple industries. I walk the line between the traditional like tech startup slash 
YouTube slash, I don't know, I guess you could call it influencer, but like, I don't like that. Um, so I guess, I guess maybe a misconception is that you have to choose either, or I think most people don't, I think most people are like, I'm this slash that. And that's just kind of like our generation's thing. I love that. Yeah. Here's another misconception. Another misconception is like that you can either choose to be broke and creative or, you know, well off and do the traditional thing. I think that's wrong. That's completely wrong. By doing what I love, like I've increased my earning potential so much. And I think that you can be a creative and be really successful and make bank, you know? (laughs) Okay. How, how deep do you go into like manifestation and like spirituality? I fuck with manifestation in a way that I think like scientifically it makes a lot of sense, but also I guess like in terms of like intuition, like I know that a lot of people get spiritual with it and I think it could be spiritual. I see it as just, it it rationally to me makes sense. (laughs) No, Well, I agree with you. Like when people discard it, I'm like, but I, it makes but, sense. But yeah. <laughs> the reason I brought it up was because I've been um, doing more like courses and teachings around abundance and just, yes. Yes. And like rewriting that story that what you said, because I think when I went freelance, I was telling myself a story of like, all right, well, I got to like get used to being broke again because I was a freelancer when I first got out of college. And it's yeah. the more I learn about abundance and manifestation in regards to like my career and money is like Mm -hmm. you you actually don't have to accept that as your story so what you're saying is ringing very true to a season I'm in right now absolutely and a big thing about like work and these kind of transit transactional and like uh, relationships that you have with clients and stuff it's like you kind of set the tone of who you are what you're capable of and it's kind of like talk the talk and then walk the walk. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's a part of manifestation too. It's like your beliefs about yourself will probably be portrayed like externally to others. And they'll be like, oh yes, I trust this person to take on my project because they trust themselves. But if you're like, um, I don't, I don't know, like I'm not very good. It's like, are you going to hire the person who's not confident, the person who's going to take a stab at it and take, do whatever it takes kind of thing. You know? You just got to put yourself out there. Drop mic on that. Yes, 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 yes. And what is the least favorite part about your industry? Oh, I also thought about this one. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, we'll go with YouTube, like the YouTube kind of like internet industry on this one. The, the things I don't like about it, kind of that I mentioned to you earlier, are that you do kind of get stuck in a niche. Like if you want to do well and you want to excel, my channel has grown so slowly over the years because I refuse to just like make videos about one thing. I'm like, ah, but I want to experiment. For me, it, I get internal joy from doing it. So it's less about the result. So that kind of sucks because you kind of have to, in a lot of ways, make what the algorithm wants you to make, um, which is a creative restraint, but good nonetheless. And the other thing is that like, I really don't, don't like a lot of like quote unquote influencer types. Like yeah, some of my like good friends are in that bubble and they're bloggers and they've done like well, micro influencers, whatever. But then there's a lot, and it's like you go to these events and they're so shallow and surface, and it's just not my people, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And it then it. <laughs> it was funny because when you were talking, because 
as a subscriber, I know you, you know, you do Vancouver videos. You've also done like some more real estate videos, millennial money kind. So when you are kind of just doing what inspires you, does it, do you really care one way or another if you get a comment that's like, stay in your lane? Like, why are you doing real estate videos? Or are you just water off a duck's back? I like that phrase. That's cute. Yeah, no, I don't really care because, like, um, I'm kind of feisty and I'll clap back sometimes, but, like, not in a way where I'm, like, I don't know, hitting below the belt or anything, but I'm kind of, like, it's people who are fight or flight and I'm a little bit, like, meh. What is the best thing about your industry and profession? <laughs> oh, fuck. I love my profession because, like, it's so versatile. Like, having switched to a creative career um, – I'm just, I'm, I'm so much happier because if you like what you're doing, you're going to work harder than other people, but not because you're trying harder, but because you want to keep working at it. You know what I mean? Like it gives you the, the, the motivation to grind because you like the grind. <laughs> yes. Um, I do. A uh, couple things. I recently wrote about it. I don't, oh yeah, it's live now, but I used to work in social media and I knew it wasn't for me because same thing. My manager was like, are you even, do you even like doing this? Or she's like, do you want to be a senior social media manager? And I'm like, no, I don't want to be promoted. I don't want any of this. Yeah. Um, so that was like one of my red flags. But when I worked in HR, I wasn't even necessarily thinking about like climbing a ladder, but I just genuinely wanted to keep working with people and making mm-hmm. our policies better. So you're like, so yeah, like even now that I'm freelancing, I'm working insane hours but it's because I like I love I love connecting with people like you and learning other things so it doesn't feel like work so yeah I heard somewhere it was a it was a quote that somebody said they're like when there's purpose I don't feel the pain and I was (gasps) like I like that because I related to it (laughs) oh I love that my last rapid fire question is what is the hiccup or failure you would never change about your journey or that you're most grateful for Okay. So this one is a little bit of a story. I know it's not rapid fire. Is that okay? (laughs) The girl is fine. This one is slow burn. We've gone on. (laughs) Well, we'll have to cut some in post, but, um, so, you know, I told you that I left university at one point and I was like, I want to travel. And I got this internship. So when I did that, um, I moved to Sri Lanka. And then when I was going to do that, one of my best friends, Deasia, she was like, I want to do that too. And then she, I was like, you should. And then she ended up finding an internship also in Sri Lanka. So we both moved there together at the same time. And my internship was um, to go around the country with a group of other interns from all over the world, like Brazil, South Africa, and do photography and videography for tourism marketing. So we got to be tourists, essentially, go take content. And this is coming from university where I had no creative outlet whatsoever. Um, and then from after doing that program, it was about six months in or no, sorry, six weeks in the program ended and me and Deja, I was like, I was like, I like it here. I think I'm just going to stay for a while. And then she was like, yeah, me too. So then we, we stayed and from being there and being so inspired, we're like, I was like, let's start a lifestyle business. And she's like, yeah, like, what are you thinking? I was like, she loved like fashion at the time. Like she still does. And that was kind of her thing. And I was more about the like kind of creative aspect of like, getting hands on with the project. So I was like, what if we produce like ethical clothing? So at that point we built a company and while we were in Sri Lanka, we 
um, you know, found manufacturing partners. We designed our first line of clothing. We went to the markets, picked the fabrics, worked with designers. And the manufacturing company was actually the same uh, one that does a lot of um, production for like Tommy Hilfiger and like stuff like that. And so normally they would never work with somebody as small as us. It was just like two girls being like, hey, we're starting a fashion line. Um, But because we were on the ground, we had the opportunity to make relationships face to face with these people. So like they're like, yeah, okay, we'll give you a shot. Like we'll we'll produce your stuff, even though it's like such small order. So we produced all of these clothes and we started um, this ethical fashion line. And then we came back to university got funding. Like we, we started pitching ourselves at pitch competitions and got, I think like $12,000 in funding, which basically paid for everything. And then some, Holy shit. and then, yeah. So we did that for like two years. It was like really fun, but like when it came down to it, like it's such a slow, long process to design, manufacture, import. And because of the scale we were, it was like terrible. It took us two years to do one line. And then by the time we got it, it was like fall. And we're like, fuck, we missed the summer season. Oh my God. And that's what, shit. That's kind of eye-opening. And like you're seeing real-time awakening. It takes two years to do a small collection. Yeah. Well, for us, it did. Um, Or it took probably about a year, a year and a bit. But then by the time like two years rolled around, we were about to head back to Sri Lanka and do it all over again for a second run. And then we're like, do we really want to continue with this? And I was like, I don't really like fashion. Like, I really like the creative aspect of, you know, uh, marketing, making videos, like building a brand. Like, to me, that was fun. And she was like, yeah, like, I don't know either. She's like, I think I want to go do digital strategy. So we ended up going back to Asia. We like went on another trip and like saw all of our friends and our network there. And it was great. But yeah, that led me to pivot and be like, okay, I'm going to actually go back to school and become a creative professional. And without that whole like, without that whole like process of like failing at one thing, I don't consider a failure though. Like we both learned so much from in, in business school. I didn't learn half of that. Like doing it hands on for a year was so much more meaningful than like harmony every can, class. Can we say that one time louder for the people in the back about business <laughs> school? That is the biggest. Yeah. Just I'm so fucking tired of people saying you have to go to business school. I hate that narrative. So No, you don't. Like you can, but did I go to most of my classes? No. Do I have a degree? Yes. Is it because I was lazy? No. Was the learning not hands-on and, you know, impactful enough? Like, yeah. Like it was it was it was you learn how to take tests really well. And to me that like doesn't like light me up. Thank you. Yes, for tangents, the F-bomb, and keeping it real, only keeping authentic friends around you only. Look, I hope you got something out of this episode, and at the very least, I'm just happy I exposed you to such a real, cool, and down-to-earth creative Harmony. Now, if you want to keep up with her, she is at Harmony V on Instagram, and then you can check out her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Harmony Vashon. And it's V-A-C-H-O-N. But basically, just type in Vancouver Harmony, and she is bound to pop up. Guys, she will definitely make you want to move there in a hot second. But if you're thinking of visiting or moving there, definitely check her out. All right. Until next time, keep it real. Uh, oh, gosh. Maybe we should. Hmm. Hmm. Is it time to have an outro tagline? Like, stay sexy and don't get murdered? I'll work on it. But until next time, 
have a great day. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, guys. Bye.